0: Good evening, Newark family. It's so good to be back with you again, and happy April 1st! I don't know if being home there's been any pranks, practical jokes going on uh, this evening, or all throughout the day, but I hope we can end it on a happy note. Everybody may even be a little edgy with one another due to some of those pranks that might have been played for our April Fools. But tonight we're not going to April Fools you. Uh, it was a great desire of mine to pull that off. And I uh, I was discouraged. <laughs> so <laughs> we will keep it focused on devotions and the Lord. Uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to come together as a family to again reflect, to study, to think on your word, and to fellowship through a different medium, but to fellowship nonetheless. I ask that you would touch all of my family and our new art family and friends, Lord, that you would protect us, provide for us, that you would touch our communities, that you would touch our world, that you would draw us together to you as we live through this very unique time. That you would bring healing and a touch to those of us that are sick in our bodies. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about we're in our basement, as you can probably tell a little bit of, and We're going to talk about how to hang a picture. There are two different thoughts on hanging a picture. One is I'm just going to eyeball it. And there are some people that are really good at eyeballing it out there. And the other is that you have to measure and level and level and level and make it all just right. And uh, that's not really my school of thought, but I don't hang most of the pictures in my house. So safety goggles on. Here we go. So I have this picture here. We are gonna hang really nice on this well-painted sheetrock. So, first we have to do is we have to measure. You have to know how big your space is that you're gonna hang your picture in. So that's about 25 and almost a half. And you know, we're gonna eyeball this one. So that's that's good. We don't really need do know that much. Step back, kind of look at our wall here and eyeball it you know kind of in between yeah i think that uh, i think that looks pretty good right about there what do you think yeah so i really don't need this anymore i think we're just gonna say could probably put a nail about here a nail about here yeah yeah i think that looks good and so you have to have a nail the hammer hang your picture Want to get really close to these pencil marks, they're not absolutely necessary. I'm actually gonna go a little lower than this pencil mark because again, we're we're kind of eyeballing it. So we're gonna get this hammer in. Now, this is the fun part. It is entirely possible that you might be on a stud, which I've heard is a really good thing. So you're on a stud and you're hammering, and it's like, oh, this won't really go in well. So, what you want to do. Did you want to? You want to hit it? Oh, it's not going anywhere. So you really just want to rear back, get your aim right, and just hit it. Really good. If you're really good at this, you can do it with one blow. Okay, you ready? Here we go. See, it's not going in. So we're gonna we're gonna rear back. Are you ready? Oh, well, <laughs> well, um, I got the other pencil mark, um. You know, for eyeballing it, I did at least get it close. To the pencil. But now I have another problem and it's uh it's called a husband. <laughs> oh This is gonna be a problem. Uh so before he comes downstairs to see what that was, what we wanna do is we wanna fix this hole. So I don't really have a hot glue gun ready right now, but we just want to kind of make it to where, you know, that the hole's not denting in. So we take our tape here. See, see the pressure. Then, oops, then we need to get us some more tape. Not this kind. This is not the kind we want. Let's go for the, good stuff. This will fix anything no matter what your problem. So you just want to get it nice and covered. And make sure that nothing's going to fall through that hole and there we go. So now, now part two of hanging a picture I think is going to come really in focus because it really matters where we put this picture. Um, oh, I got a little too much duct tape there. So you want to peel real careful so that it doesn't take the paint off the wall because because then someone might like my husband might notice. So okay, let's try this again. Woo-hoo! Look at that. Okay, so now placement on the wall isn't so important uh, for centering anymore. What is very important is that this picture hangs right here. So you're gonna want to use a measuring tape. And we're, wanna, we're gonna know that this is, this is nine inches. Um, so if we come in about two, wait, what, two inches on each side at about two, and 7 is where we're going to want these marks. Oh, just a second. Okay. Right at 2 and 7. So, I think my tape measure is a little bent there. Uh, you want to kind of get that straight. Let's see. 2 and whoops, seven. And remember, the most important thing is that, is placement, (laughs) very valuable. Okay, so, let's try this again. This time, let's try not to be on a stud. I think that we should, we should really go for gentle. You just wanna tap that in there. Oh, tap that in there just a little bit. And then you wanna just, Um, make sure that you did it right. You know, oops, tap that in there a little bit and let's try. Woohoo! look at that. Voila. Nice picture hanging at its finest. So you can choose if you want to be that person that wings it. Uh, just don't put your nail on a stud, um, unless it's heavy and then you may want to ask for help. But if you're gonna measure and do everything right the second way, I would, I would say go for that one. And if you can't, then again, ask for help. So let's get into our lesson a little bit really quick. Tonight, we're gonna to talk for a few minutes on fix your thoughts. Uh, we've had some lessons on, on fixing your thoughts, but sometimes my thoughts need to be fixed. So this, this picture had to be hung And, uh, some things had to be fixed. And so when you come in here, you don't think, Oh, that needs to be fixed. You think, Oh, what a nice, what a nice picture hanging there. But when our thoughts are not where they should be, when our thoughts are getting out of control or getting, getting away from us, we have to fix our thoughts. So just like hanging this picture, there are some things that you and I can do to fix our thoughts. The first thing is measuring. We use a, a measuring tape to measure right where to put those nails to make sure this picture was right where it needed to be. And there's some scripture about this. James chapter 2 verses 14 through 22. What good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. And you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and absolutely useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith and other people have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God good for you even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar you see his faith and actions worked Together his actions made his faith complete We must measure our faith by our actions We have to measure to make sure that things match and are even One of these nails can't be higher than the other nail or lower or the picture would be crooked They have to work together Our thinking and actions must be measured so they're working together correctly. Every person has actions and faith in something. We must choose to measure our faith and actions by scripture to get our thoughts lined up correctly. Number two. The second thing we can do is balance. This is a level. We have to get, look at that. Is that level? No, absolutely not. This, one of these directions, whoop, would be level. We want our lives balanced. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. You and I, we must keep our thoughts and actions balanced. Even this little bit off of balance can throw things out of kilter. Just like this levels on a picture, you want to make sure it's level and it's placed and balanced correctly. We have to keep our thoughts balanced through the knowledge given by God's word and we must obey God's word. We cannot we cannot allow our imaginations to run away with what ifs, what could have been, what could be, or allow fear to control our thoughts. Number 3, precision. We learned a little bit about precision here. And now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. That was Philippians 4, 8 through 9. That's our focus verse for this week. You and I must be intentional with our thoughts and our actions. This takes focus and choosing ahead of time how we will think. Just like when placing a nail and you have to hit that nail on the head with a hammer, we have to be precise. We don't wait when we're hanging a picture to choose what picture we're going to hang until the nails are in the wall. No, we choose the picture. We choose where it's going to go. We think about how we want it to look. We can choose how we will think ahead of time. We can choose what will guide our thoughts and how our actions are going to be affected by those thoughts. Next, I want to take a few minutes to talk about honesty. Psalm 36, 7 through 10 says, How precious is your unfailing love, O God! All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house. Letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. That was Proverbs 2, 6 through 7. And then Luke 8:15 says, And the seeds that fell on the good soil, Represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a good harvest. And in Luke 16.10, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Thoughts are little things that produce big results. Then Romans 12, 3 says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Let's stop for just a minute and think about the elephant in the room. The big hole behind this picture. That I have very poorly patched in hopes my husband will not come down here and see it. Has it been a distraction? Did it go away just because I covered it up? Did all of you stop thinking about it, knowing that it's there behind that picture? Don't hide a mistake. It will take over and control your thoughts. I will never, would never be able to come down here and think about this picture or this wall or this basement without thinking about the hole hidden behind that picture. It would dominate my thoughts. The things that you and I try to ignore or hide will dominate our thoughts. Honesty in evaluating ourselves and our thoughts is a must. If we lie to ourselves, then the lie controls our entire picture. Honesty is key. The next thing we can do is clean up. Psalm 5:51. I apologize, verses 4 through 7 says, Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. 1 John 1 says if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Mistakes inappropriate thoughts are two things that we have to continually battle in this life whether the thoughts are inspired by anger fear pride abuse jealousy insecurity lust sin or a litany of other things they still have to be addressed and cleaned up we can clean our thoughts up by repenting studying scripture training ourselves to think on good things making a replacement plan for an inappropriate thought when it pops up and if something just keeps hanging on and stuck in your mind talk to someone that's trustworthy and wise that can help you process and release those thoughts finally in talking about our thoughts there's one more thing we can do and that is rejoice don't give in to condemnation when you start fixing your thoughts condemnation tries to come in and make its home in the same place where those thoughts you just got rid of were living. Condemnation wants to condemn you because you had to fix your thoughts in the first place. Kick condemnation out. My favorite way to kick condemnation out is to rejoice. I thank God for where he has brought me from. I use those things that he's brought me out of as an opportunity to rejoice. I praise him for helping me change my thoughts. And I remember the why. Why I have a reason for thanksgiving and praise. Condemnation cannot live with rejoicing and praise. It is defeated every time. i want to close with these scriptures. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them. That all who love your name may be filled with joy. That was Psalms 511. And then Psalm 13, 5-6 says, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Then Psalms 35, 9-10. Then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad because he rescues me. With every bone in my body. I will praise him. Lord, who can compare with you? Who else rescues the helpless from the strong? Who else protects the helpless and poor from those who rob them? When condemnation comes and you feel a little beat down by the thoughts that you've had, you remember to praise him with every bone in your body. I'm so thankful that we don't have to live with condemnation. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to live for you. Thank you that you help us clean up our thoughts, that you help us reorder our thoughts, that you give us tools to work through so that we can think in a way that pleases you. We can think on what is good. I ask that you would touch us tonight and help us if we are struggling with condemnation or thoughts or getting our thoughts in order with fear, with anxiety, that you would help us rejoice and to focus on you and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow night.